Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Good morning, church. There you go. Y'all woke up a little bit. All right. That means that Brittany got your blood pumping just a little bit, and Alvin got you going over there. Thank you guys for our Christmas song. (laughs) <laughs> they had to do a little last-minute change, and I was like, "Yeah, we roll with whatever we got. We are in the book of Second Peter today, Second Peter chapter 3. If you want to turn your Bibles or flip your phones over to that. And again, we are talking about peace. Oh, can I get a raise of hands? Who, who needs a little peace this morning? Yeah, the rest of them do too. They just ain't telling the truth, I'm telling you. Or maybe you found it and you know what we're talking about. Peace that passes understanding. That means no matter what the world has, no matter what is being thrown at us, somehow we're content. I think that's a word that this world is not very familiar with anymore, being content with what you have, not always seeking out the next thing, not always looking for what's going to give me peace. Because nothing in this world will do it. It all passes away. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure, and blameless in his sight. And remember, our God, our Lord, is patient to give people time to be saved. Dear Heavenly Father, this is your word, alive and active. God, may it change our hearts today. God, if we walked in here with a hard, stony heart, may it soften us to hear your word. And may we be changed because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, sometimes people look at this passage and they feel like it's a passage of fear, that it, it's about the, the judgment day and, and end times, and, and they get fearful, but it really isn't. It's a passage of promise and hope on what God wants to do. Now, you have to understand where Peter is when he's writing this letter. This is um, about the year 67 A.D., and and you know, when Jesus left, when he ascended into earth, they knew he promised to come back. 
And they were anxiously waiting for that. And they're starting to get a little antsy. You ever had to wait your turn for something and it takes a lot longer? Oh, if you've been to the doctor's office, you know what I'm talking about. Like you get all excited when they put you in that room, don't you? And then you sit in that room for an hour and a half waiting on that doctor. (laughs) Yeah. It is claustrophobic in there. But so what Peter is facing is people are getting a little antsy. And then you've got all these false teachers that are are popping up, misleading the church. You know, claiming that they've had the vision, claiming they know the time and the place, claiming they know so much, and, and they don't. You know, people were, and I want you to think about this because the year 67 and we're in 2020. And they're already getting antsy. Well, when's he coming? You know, did, did God forget us? Is he really a God of his word? Is he really coming back? And, you know, we especially feel that now. You know, I remember 30 years ago, a family member talking to me about Christ coming back. And it was kind of scary because I was not a, you know, active Christian yet. And so I didn't completely understand all of that. 30 years ago, hasn't happened yet. So it's easy for us to get uncomfortable. Is he really, is he really coming back? Yeah, God is a God of his word. He is coming back. That is what we're talking about, you know, when we're in Advent. We're not, we're not talking about this baby Jesus. Okay, really we're not because there's not a baby Jesus. We haven't put him in there yet. But, um, sorry ladies. By the way, thank you ladies that showed up. We, we just did a small group to, to get some decorations. Thank you guys for who, who showed up and Alex, who was our muscle. Um, he, Chase cats. We had a cat in the church. Anybody seen our fluffy cat out there? I don't know. <laughs> it was back this morning, Kathy, wanting in the door again. Um, so, you know, we're not talking about baby Jesus. We're talking about King Jesus coming back. He went up to heaven and he said, oh, you know, in other words, this was the start of the kingdom coming on earth. It's not finished yet. We're waiting. We're waiting. But if you're like me, you don't wait real well. And then we see this this verse that talks about, for the Lord, a thousand years is just like a day. Now, sometimes people want to take these verses, and maybe they're smarter than me, and they they can do these kind of things. They look at it kind of like an algebraic equation. A thousand years equals a day. And they go to calculating, well, this must be when Jesus is coming back. No. Don't even believe that stuff because Jesus said, I don't even know. So I sure can't be smarter than him, can I? But it's given us the thought, the time frame to show us how different God perceives time. Because for us, our society, every second counts. Oh, who in here has said time is money? Anybody? Only the Tyson guy in the back? Tom is really money on his clock, right? Come on, you chicken growers. I know y'all too, right? Time is money. When them birds are in that house, every day is money, right? It's a commodity for us. In fact, I've heard stories from missionaries that have issues when they go to another country and there is no concept of time. Like, they just show up for church when they show up. And it just lasts as long as it lasts. Like, 
There's not a real begin and a real end to it. And that, that's hard for somebody from the Western world that is used to, I ain't even got it on today. I, am, I feel naked because I ain't got my watch on, right? Oh, Bo's got me though. Yeah. I told him, I said, I need a clock I can see from, you know, I said, Bo, come on. I said, give me the big letter E. I can see that. Thank you, Bo. Now I just have to remember to look at it. So we understand time, but when when we look at it in God's percep- perception there, a thousand years is just like a day. In other words, time, he doesn't calculate it like we do. So for him, 2020, for me, 2020 has been the longest 10 years of my life. Anybody amen? You ready for 2020 to be over? Yeah. For God, it's like a nanosecond. Like, it's, it's, it's just a little blip on the radar for him. Not that he discounts what we're going through, understand, but he sees the bigger picture. He sees the bigger picture. My sister, when we were younger, Cindy, uh, and you know Cindy, she has special needs, and, and so time is pff, no concept for her. Like, And we learned quite often, you did not tell Cindy things that were to be looked towards, forward to, like we're, we're going on a trip. Because then every day she wakes up, today? No, not today. Today? No, not today. <laughs> then I, I got smart as I got older, because I was always trying to, you know, fix things with Cindy, you know, like this will help, this will help. So I thought, okay, I'm going to give her a calendar. We're going on this trip. I'm going to give her a calendar. And so every day when she wakes up, she can X off a day. You know, here is the day. It was still several weeks away, you know, but that way she could somehow control her excitement. Until I realized she got so excited, she woke up and just went to Exton, like, you know, because one day she was like, so today? And I said, no, Cindy. And she said, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, no. She said, I show you. She took me to that calendar. She had done next off the boxes. So in her brain, it's today. See, right here. Oh, my goodness. So mom and I decided from that point on, we didn't tell Cindy things until like the night before. And that was iffy. Sometimes we waited till the morning of, because if you told her the night before, she got so excited she wouldn't sleep, you know, kind of deal. Um, and so she just never had that concept of time. Church, we act like that sometimes. We really do. Even, even we act like that because we're anticipating Christ's return and we want it so bad. We want it so bad sometimes. Of like, yes, Lord, just come, put an end to that. You know, I, I've, I've shared with y'all, that's, this year is the first time I've ever said it and meant it to God. Like, yeah, okay, I'm good. Back in the middle of 2020, I was like, I'm done, Lord. Just show up and get us, (laughs) you know. Um, We've been there. But Jesus is coming back. Do you hear me, church? He is coming back. This doesn't make me a crazy preacher to preach about that. But I can't tell you when. I don't know the, the when. That's, you know, that's why we have Advent. We're looking. We're waiting. And like in Peter's day, I think people are all the time having those doubts. Really? And and I couldn't even, when I thought about this, like, who has doubts, Lord? I thought, it's a little bit of everybody. Because you take a young, immature Christian who is fairly new at it, 
Well, they don't understand when all of you start posting stuff about end times on the Facebook. They just see you going, he's coming back soon. Well, for some people, soon is like my sister today. (laughs) And then as time rolls on and it didn't happen, then it's like, well, I think they're nuts. I don't think they know what they're talking about. Right? But then you take an older Christian who's been a Christian forever and ever and ever, and it's like, I was so certain. I I thought all the signs were there, and it just hasn't happened. So I don't know. God, are are you doing this? Is this really what you you promised us? But I want us to focus down here on the next verse because there's a purpose here. God is not slow. God has not forgotten us. What is God? It says that he's being patient. Patient. And see, little kids, they they don't understand that. I could ask some of you about your grandkids and how patient they are, you know, with Christmas coming up and, you know, man, no. Kids are not patient. But God is patient. And why? See, there's a why. He says, I'm patient for you, for your sake, for your family's sake, for your friend's sake. Because why? He doesn't want anyone to perish. Not one person. Think of that concept for a minute because when I say he doesn't want anyone, that means even the people that we don't like, even the people that have already committed some pretty bad sins. He looks at us all the same and says, I don't want any of you to perish. So I'm being patient. I'm being slow about showing up. But see, we're not a society that is slow and patient. That's why 2020 is about to kill us, because it's locking us down, and we can't just go, 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 go. Like, I tried on Tuesday after my doctor's appointment to do some Christmas shopping. No, it was too nuts, too many people, and I just didn't feel good about it and and actually left stores and come home. I was like, no, I can't do it. But at the same time, I was like, I miss it. I so miss it. I miss restaurants, people, because I have not been in one. I don't even know the last time I was in a restaurant. (laughs) I've done takeout, yes. But I'm talking about I need to go sit down in Chili's and have me some chips and salsa. That will be the first thing I do when I... And bless your hearts. You guys have loved on me this past year. I have a stack of gift cards like this (laughs) that I've not even used. Because we haven't been nowhere. And we were going to party hard. I was supposed to go this weekend for Brittany's graduation. She was going to walk with the, you know, winter class. They canceled it. So, here we are. So there's going to be a big party when we go back to doing things. BJ is going to be like, I'm just going to be cashing out gift cards like crazy, you know? <laughs> we're not going to have to, I'm not going to have to cook for like two weeks because I'm just going to be like, we're going on vacation to a city where all of these places are and we're just getting it every night. Yeah, yeah. We miss it. We're not patient people. You know, this, that's been the hardest. I really think that is probably what we've all dealt with this year is trying to be patient <laughs> for things to happen and get back to normal. But see, God knows what patience is because he loves his creation. He wants to see us all 
saved. But how do we wrap our minds around this time concept? Because see, I am a I am a planner. I am a strategic brain that lays out things. So like church trips, teens, Bo, I know, my kids, if you've been on a church trip, even the ladies, our last church trip, I am one that I say, here's the time we're leaving. And if you ain't there, the bus leaves without you. I'm not one that calls around and says, hey, did you forget? Did you, you know, not wake up? Oh, Alex, I take that back. We used to have to drag Rachel Norman out <laughs> every time we did a teen trip with her. <laughs> we, we would have to, um, that poor girl, she'd come out in pajamas some days. But that ain't my normal. I don't, I don't like, if I give you a time, be on that bus or you're left behind. Well, honestly, God sort of has that system. He has a bus. <laughs> And he, he, he tells us how to get there, but he's never given us the exact time. Isn't that frustrating? Wouldn't life be a whole lot easier if we knew that? I mean, then you like, just go do your thing, you know, and then I got to be on that bus at six. So, you know, 20 minute drive. Well, if you're like me, you give yourself 10 minutes just in case, you know, you don't know what's going to go wrong. Well, then I could calculate and I could say, oh, December 6th, he's coming back, so I got to straighten it up. I got to get right with the Lord today. We don't have that luxury. Because the next thing that the these scriptures are telling me is that it's going to what? It's going to happen like a thief in the night. There's no planning for this. Like a thief in the... Thieves don't give us notice. Nazarene Church, I'll be wiping you out clean. Make sure the safes are full and uh, thanks for all the stuff, right? No, they don't. We've been there. We've had this happen to our church. There was no notification about it. We just showed up and said, what happened? Like a thief in the night, Christ will return for his bride. So the question is not, is he coming back? When is he coming back? There's only one question. Are you ready for him to come back? Right now, today, if it happened today, are you ready for him to come back? That's the kind of questions that can make us quake. And if you shook just even a slightest and said, I'm not sure then we can have that talk. Because see, the scripture tells me everyone who believes and calls on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. Oh, but BJ, you you don't know what I've done. Yeah, he does. And he still loves you. He still loves you. You know, one of the biggest revelations in my brain lately has been the thought of Jesus having the Last Supper meal with Judas. And he knew, he knew, he knew what Judas was going to do. And I think, according to these scriptures, I really think that God was still trying to be patient too. So there's nothing that you have done that God can't forgive. Because see, while we were still sinners, that's when Jesus showed up. And paid the price. Are you ready? 
And I'm not just talking about, are you ready for the second coming of Christ? Because unfortunately, we are learning. Sometimes it's just us meeting God face to face. Untimely passings. Are you ready? Because see, today you're like, PJ, you are bumming me out. Where's the peace? (laughs) Where's the peace? See, my peace comes from knowing I'm ready. When I, when I had my surgery five years ago, first time that I could remember having surgery, I had a surgery when I was really young, but I have very few memories of that. So this was my first surgery. And I remember that nervous feeling when they were getting ready to start the anesthesia process. Because, hey, I Google. Don't Google. But I Google. I know things go wrong. People have adverse reactions to anesthesia. I mean, just that alone, forget the surgery I'm even facing. And I was a little nervous. But then I just sat there and I thought, no, I don't have anything to be nervous about. It wasn't about a last-minute ditch prayer, God, please forgive me of everything I've ever done, and I don't even know what I've done, but just forgive it. No, I felt that peace wash over me. And I said, God, I really want to wake up from this surgery. I really want to finish raising my kids and be with my husband. But if I don't, I'll see you there. And then I just drifted into this calmest peace. Because I knew if I don't wake up here, I'm waking up there. And it's all good there. Like... They're like, 2020, yeah, let's party. It's all good there. That's peace. That's peace that passes understanding. And so as Peter is writing to the church, hang on. Somebody, why didn't y'all tell me? I'm I'm on live stream and y'all letting me just... (sighs) I see what... Who needs enemies when you got friends like y'all? I don't even know. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But what Peter is trying to tell them is, we know Jesus is coming back. He said, here's what you need to do. You need to live godly, holy lives. Be ready. Every day, just be ready. Live that godly and holy life. And then he, he starts to talk. This is why people fear like this is such a fearful thing because it talks about this fire and, and how it's consuming everything. You know, it, it, it'll consume all of this. Nothing here is going to last. What does that mean? It means it's like the refining of gold. I was trying to pull up a short video last night to show you the refining of gold, but the, I got tired of searching through because I was really looking for the ancient kind of method. But just know they heated up super duper hot. Super duper hot. Nowadays they use all kinds of chemicals to help pull other things out of it. But it's to let the things that are not gold rise to the surface. And then it'll cool and they'll knock that stuff away. And they do these processes until they get the purest of purest and purest of gold. So there is a day coming, and Jesus is coming back. And when that happens, there's going to be fire. But I want you to not think, by the way, thank you for trying to burn your wife all ago. You think you can trust the adults and not the kids? No, I need a kid next week. (laughs) But when 
we think of fire, I don't want you to just think of just the actual picture of fire. I want you to think of the illustration that God is giving us in Peter's words here. That we're going to be purified. In other words, stuff doesn't matter. Our hearts, how we live our lives, how we treat people, how we love God. That's the pure gold that's going to matter. And for some of us, maybe that's just a little fleck. Maybe we need to work on that. And then there's people I know that, man, they're pure gold through and through and through. So that's what we're talking about. But he says, I need you to just live holy and godly lives. And then verse 14, he gets very specific. While you are waiting, here we are, we're waiting. While you are waiting for these things to happen, I want you to make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. You see, we lose our peace sometimes because we're trying to live our life according to what society tells us. We're trying to live our life according to if people like me. But see... That phrase, make every effort. I want you to think of Stephen, the first martyr of the church. He had peace. If you read the story of Stephen in the book of Acts, as he's telling the gospel story, it's infuriating people. To the point they stone him to death. And on his dying breath, he's praying prayers of forgiveness over them. Just like Jesus did from the cross. That's peace. See, sometimes we think of peace as just everybody lay low and we we all get along. No, it don't always happen that way. Because even when I make my best effort, it's not going to be good enough. Unless I'm doing it For his glory. See, what I need to be worried about, because when I meet, either meet God or Christ comes back to get us, I need to be right with him. That's what it means for God's righteousness to be in us. Doing right because it is right. Because of God's word. And when we do that, we can sleep and have peace. We can have that Peace. And verse 15, remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. So how do we do that? How do we really live in this waiting? Because back there in that verse um, 12, looking forward to the day of God. Oh, yeah, we're all looking forward to that. And hurrying it along. Hurrying it along. What does that mean? Not that we're changing his timeline. God has a kingdom timeline. So what does he mean, hurrying it along? Well, I came up with these three things. Because again, God desires that every person shall be saved. That no one should perish. How do we do that? First, it starts with prayer. God, thy kingdom come. Work in us here. Holy Spirit, be here. Show me what needs to be done. Show the church how we can do this, Lord. The second thing to hurry it along is you've got to repent. Let's start with self. 
There's an, uh, an old, old song, Point of Grace, um, something about making a change or, or, you know, revival. I don't even know. It just flew out of my brain. But it says, begin with me. So when we want to see change, it begins with you and I. You can't save anybody if you're not saved. And sitting in these chairs don't save you, by the way. Clay and Dustin did that one, I think. Sitting in a garage don't make you a car any more than sitting in the church will make you a Christian. I don't know, Dustin had a twangy voice with that one. I'm, Bo probably remembers that, that little skit we did. And it was about, that play was about the coming Second coming of Christ. Have that conversation with God. God, I'm sorry. I know my life has been on my terms and not yours. And I want to do what Peter says. I want to live a holy and godly life, pure and blameless, Lord, in your sight. So you you pray repentance. That, that saves you. Now what else? God said, I don't want anyone then we go and we tell people. And I'm not just talking about sending missionaries. I'm talking about you and I having real conversations with people. And sometimes in those conversations, you're not going to lead the person to Christ, but you're going to plant a seed. You see, a lot of times when we talk about Paul, where do we think of Paul's conversion? It happened on Damascus Road. But here's a little nugget. What if that wasn't the start of his conversion? Because see, when you read that story of Stephen the martyr being stoned to death, who was off to the side holding everybody's coats as they stoned him? This guy named Saul. He watched the whole thing. And it makes me wonder, as he saw Stephen with this peaceful, content face staring into heaven, talking about seeing Jesus at the right hand. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing right now. You have to wonder, did it plant something in Saul? So on the day that God decided for Jesus to meet him on that road, it changed everything. So never underestimate what your conversations with people will do. Those little, you know, it's like planting that little mustard seed. And if you've seen a mustard seed, man, those are some tiny little, don't ever drop that bottle out of your cabinet, right? But did you know that a mustard plant, as it begins to come up out of the ground, it can actually bust up concrete to get through there? That's powerful. That's God's spirit working in people. And that is peace. That doesn't make sense how it happens, but it happens. So church, today, my question is, do you want some peace? My question is, are you ready for the second coming of Christ that we're waiting on? And my question is, do you want to be a part of the solution when 
God says, I'm being patient because I want everyone saved. Are you doing your part? Because he puts people in all of our paths. I'm the pastor that gets paid to stand here. But we're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're all called to go make Christ-like disciples in all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them the things that Christ left with them. You have your sphere of influence, just like I do. And if you want peace today, then you need to start aligning your life and your thoughts and your processes with God's. When you know you're okay with God, you got peace. But then don't hog it. Don't hog it all. Go share it. Go share that with someone because this is a world right now that needs peace. They need love. You know, it seems like such a physical thing, all of these meals being taken to the nursing home. No, it, it's bringing love into that nursing home. <laughs> that those, those nurses know they're not forgotten in there. Because I'm sure that's what it can feel like when you're working these COVID cases right now. Depression and, and even suicide has been on the rise with our health care workers in 2020. Because we don't understand the things that they see. And the stresses, and it's not stopping. You know, we feel that. We feel that here on the outside. Imagine those that are on the inside. They feel it so much more. You know, they're ready for this to be over too, so they can just go home to their families and not worry about what they're bringing in. 2020 has been a hard year, but I want to end it with peace. Anybody want to join me today? Let's pray. Stand with me, church. And I did put one altar back down. No, I don't want everybody clumped up together, but I know on occasion, I want you to know that altar's still there. And if you need it, it's there. You're adults, you can can social distance. You know that. Wear your mask. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come right now and I want to pause a moment to maybe someone at home and and maybe they just need to type in our comments, pray for me. I, I needed this message today. Maybe someone listening here and, and on live stream, Lord, they don't know that peace. They don't know what I'm talking about. And it starts with knowing your son, Jesus Christ, came in that manger. And he died on a cross for our sins. But he was resurrected and he lives again. And he's at the Father's right hand, but we're waiting for him to come back for the church, for the bride. God, I want to make sure your people are living ready. Because when we are, we can have peace no matter what. And I want that for every person here today. Lord, let your spirit just do his work. Planting those seeds. And then you'll know how to grow that at the appropriate times. Father, I want, I want that peace to churn in us, to want to share it with others. May that boldness begin to grow just as that mustard seed plant busting through concretes. I want your spirit busting through the hardened hearts as people are learning the love of God and what it does for us. 
And may we cling to your word today. Father, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive and active. And I believe that as people leave here today, your word will continue with them, working in their hearts. May they hear the message as you intend it for them today. And may it grow. I pray that over every person here and on live stream. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, church. Ladies, gather your presence. We'll meet outside. Have a blessed day and go be a blessing to someone. Have a good Sunday. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.